Good evening. It's so good to be with you here in our ZBcast. Uh, my name is Jeff, and today is a very, very special ZBcast. It's our very first cast when we have um, some guests. And so I'll introduce those in a minute. Um, with me, we have our, our normal members, um, but David uh, is once again uh, with his family this week. He's uh, taking care of the kids, and so he, he might be in and out during our ZBcast, but he's uh, taking care of some small children. So introduce uh, our typical members. We have John Anderson and Aaron. And Dave, are you there? I'm here. All right. So it's good to, good to hear from David again. Um, we also have two guests. And our first guest, uh, Mike Barrett, who um, is going to uh, author us some uh, bumper music to make our ZB cast have a little bit more of a, a custom restoration feel. Uh, Mike and I go way back. Uh, Mike was actually there when the idea for the Santa Caligon booth uh, first came about. And so I have a lot of uh, good memories of Mike. And uh, Mike is a very good friend. And also uh, with us is our very special guest, uh, Kristen Barrett. Kristen is Mike's wife, and we're very excited to have her here. Uh, one of the reasons we, we um, wanted to interview uh, the two of them today was Kristen was just baptized uh, a week ago today. And so we thought it'd be a great opportunity to uh, talk with a recent convert and be able to share with her and just kind of hear a little bit about her story. And uh, because I think for a lot of our listeners, uh, we're probably uh, raised in the church. And so to talk to somebody who is a convert, just something very interesting and exciting. And hopefully, hopefully that this will be an enjoyment for all of us. And so first, I'm going to um, ask Mike uh, just to kind of tell us a little bit about uh, the story of how you two met. Oh, we were working in the emergency room together at Lee Summit, St. Luke's in uh, Lee Summit. Uh, I was on night shift for about a year while she was on day shift and didn't really talk. Matter of fact, she thought I was mean, she said, and uh, <laughs> she was scared to talk to me. And uh, we, I went to a day shift, and uh, one day I, I heard her talking to a friend about how her husband had died and she had a kid, a uh, young son at home, and I thought that was was sad. It had been a recent, you know, it had been like a year or two before, and uh, I, something just clicked in my mind that, you know, she'd been through some hard times and maybe needed to talk about it. I felt bad for her. Um, and uh, so we began, to, uh, actually one day I got a text message out of Lou that told me to get to work, and I looked around and uh, she was sitting at the desk, and I didn't know where it came from. I didn't recognize the number, and she looked up my phone number in the employee uh, phone log, and and uh, had sent that to me, and I always ask her why she did that. And she said she was bored. I think she was just flirting. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and so uh, how did how did things progress from there? Uh, she asked me to come over if I wasn't doing anything. I could come over and maybe watch a movie with her. And uh, she said that maybe several times. We never did watch a movie. We just I just kind of we kind of talked talked a lot about some things that she'd gone through and. Uh, Really, for several months, all we did was talk, and uh, one day she told me she liked having me around, and things just went from there. I remember after you two had started talking, <laughs> I remember a couple times hanging out with you and those uh, those early relationship jitters and uh, how uh, you were excited about the, the possibilities. I remember, I forget who it was, I think it was William Ballantyne, you and I were talking, and he was like, well, I could, we could 
go out for a drive late at night, and we were giving you a hard time about your idea of and, and stuff so, changed. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, and so um, it, it just it was it's it was great to see um, uh, you find somebody and and be happy. So, Kristen, uh, what was it about our good friend Mike? Because uh, those of us who know Mike know he's a great guy. But what 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 what, be, what began your desire to kind of spend time with him? Actually. How did you figure out that he wasn't mean? <laughs> um, when it came to days, I actually figured out he wasn't mean. But I would, I would hate to call him if there was a call, and I'm like, I hope he doesn't answer his phone because <laughs> he really did scare me. I thought he was really mean. <clears throat> but um, as he came to days, and I got to know him a little bit more, just working with him, I figured out he really was a nice guy and not mean. So we're just <laughs> talking at work, and there was just a comfort there when I talked to him. So. That's good. Just took it from there. And so, if I remember correctly, you got married. Was it almost was it like a year to the day before you got baptized, or is it close to a year before? You it got was baptized? exactly one year. It was our one year anniversary so that you, we got baptized. That right. we got baptized. So your one year anniversary, you get baptized. So mm-hmm. you had you had known each other for a while. You were kind of dated for about a year before you got married, maybe ten months or so. Something like that so, altogether. Something like that. Time. And so from. Really getting to know each other to baptism was just about two years, give yeah. or take a few months. Could you tell us a little bit about your what, what, how you were raised religiously? What was your religious upbringing? Um, I went to a Baptist church as a kid. And we would, like, um, my mom never went to church with us. So the church bus would come pick us up, me and my sister. And we'd go to Sunday school, and they had, like, a during the sermon, they had, like, a kid's thing. So we would go do that, and then the church bus would take us home. So that's how I was always raised, and then um, probably about sixth grade or something, my mom started going to church with us again, but we had gone to a different church at that point. So, and then when we moved up to Lee Summit, we started going back to a Baptist church. Okay. So I would always did Baptist, but... Now, before you started going to church with Mike, uh-huh. was there anything that you had heard about our church or about the Book of Mormon that after you started going to church, you found out? It's not quite how people portray. Um, I I didn't know a lot about the Book of Mormon or about your church or anything like that. I just, just you mean our church? Yeah, our church. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going to say anything. I was going to uh, let that pass. No, I'm just, I'm like, just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I didn't I didn't know a whole lot. My um, my stepdad's mom was going to an RLDS church, and so that's where I got any kind of inkling of the the Book of Mormon and Joseph Smith and all that. And I didn't really have a feeling one way or another, but their church is the one where they were ordaining women and stuff like that. And I didn't agree with that even then. So it was just a little odd. And my mom had a real bad taste for it (laughs) because of that. And so when Mike and I started seeing each other and she asked what religion he was, and I told her, she would ask me some questions about how I felt about that. And did I believe certain things and I just, you know, told her what I knew and the things that Mike and I had talked about. And was one of the stumbling blocks for your, uh, my, uh, for me, one. it was, e- for me, it was easy. I didn't have a problem with it. Like him and I would talk and we, we studied some of the history and stuff like that. And to me, it all made sense. And it like answered a lot of questions that I had had that nobody could really answer for me. What were some of those questions? Why does God not talk to people today? Uh-huh. was my uh-huh. biggest one. It's like, God talked to people during Bible times. Why do they say he doesn't talk to people today? Mm-hmm. It's like, what would be the difference? Because to me, I I would think that God would want to continue to talk to people. 
That would make sense to us as well. Yeah, that's so, I mean, that was one of my biggest questions, and so that's why it's easy for me to believe that, you know, Joseph Smith found the plates and that God talked to him because I don't think God stopped talking to people. And the fact that, like, not long ago they found the Dead Sea Scrolls and everything else, that so why can't this stuff be true? Were there any beliefs within uh, our church that you found difficult to believe at first? I don't think so. Okay, well, that's fair. I remember sitting on the couch when I first started talking, and she said, so what is this Book of Mormon thing? You know, and uh, I told her, you know, it was a history, just like the Bible was, of, you know, people that had come to this land, you know, at different periods, one of them being when, when they were scattered uh, back, you know, in the time of the tower. And she said she wondered, had wondered where all those people had gone. Yeah, my big thing also, not only does, does God talk to people today, was the Tower of Babel. It's like, well, once the people, once the language has changed, everybody had to go somewhere. So why couldn't they populate another part of the earth following their language? So fortunately, Ether answered that question for you. <laughs> That's great. What was what, what? What logic went on? Because since you had known each other for almost a year before mm-hmm. you got married, you'd been married for a year before you got baptized. Tell us about that decision that led up to you deciding to finally get baptized. I want to. I want to join this church. Well, tell them about the. You said when you were younger, you were baptized. Baptist. I was. Then... I was baptized when I was younger at the Baptist church, and all I remember about that day is I just cried and cried and cried because I was so scared. And I don't. I mean, I don't remember anything else about it, and I don't even remember how old I was. But um, in sixth grade, I went to a church camp, and that was the first and only church camp I've ever gone to. And while I was there, I really got this feeling that I needed to be rebaptized, and I just kind of pushed it out. You know, it's just like I don't know why this is, but I just kind of let it go. So, and then when Mike and I started talking, and we started going over like the Book of Mormon and the beliefs of um, the church and stuff, it made me remember that thought that I had when I was twelve years old that I needed to be rebaptized. Was there any anxiety on your part about sharing your faith with her? Well, sure. We, I don't know. We were dating for some time. I remember the day. I, actually, I don't even know if I told her or texted her because we <laughs> we were we had in a modern, long, modern relationship. Yeah. So we had a long texting relationship. I remember. Well, I remember. I remember plenty of. I remember plenty of evenings when we'd be doing some. I'd be doing something with Mike, and he'd be only like half occupied, and he used to always criticize me. He's like, "You're always talking on that phone. You're always answering texts." And and then when you came into his life, then all of a sudden. Our time was kind of like halftime, and then he would still be, he'd be texting you the whole time, and if things weren't going how he exactly he wanted, he'd be all, <laughs> and so, and we'd talk about it, and he'd he text it back and he forth. He had a lot of that. And so, I, so I, I, go ahead, Mike, sorry to interrupt. Well, we, I don't remember what we, I don't know, the thing was, night. she was so shy that, it, the odd thing is, you could be sitting next to each other on the couch, and it, she couldn't actually bring herself to, until she sent you a little text, and then you send it back, and it's, it's kind of an odd thing, but it was really worked very well for us. It helped me open up because I I would not open up to anybody. He's the first person that I actually opened up to and would talk to and tell him about my my uh, things I needed to work through. And about the anxiety, I, I I remember I was very scared to tell her I was a priest because I, I had lost so many um, relationships in the past when I found out you're a minister. And I told her that that day, and, and she said I already figured you were kind of something like that, and not not fully understanding the priesthood in the church yet and things like that. She was fine with it. I said, you're fine with it. And she was, she was. Maybe, maybe others left because they thought you were a monastic priest. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> what did you, what did you do, Mike? How was, what, what are your thoughts going into um, a marriage when um, your, 
your bride to be is it was raised Baptist. Mm-hmm. Um, tell us about your how about your thoughts when you're leading up to this relationship starting and leading up to your marriage. I mean, were you thinking? I hope she gets baptized. I know she's going to get baptized. What, how, what, where was your mind as far as her faith goes? Did you, were you thinking, well, she's, I mean, just, let, let, I won't put any more words in your mouth, but what, what were you thinking when you were, when you got into this, to this marriage? Um, well, we were going through premarital counseling due, due to the recommendation of a good friend. He said, definitely need to do that. Uh, I, of course, the scripture that comes to mind is in the Doctrine and Covenants that, you know, says not to forbid anybody to marry outside of the faith. But uh, something to the faith, but you're considered weak in the faith if you do. Um, and then talking to our to the Baileys that did our marriage counseling, you know, I brought that up to them, and, and they asked me what I thought that meant, you know, what the faith was, and could you be of the same faith but not necessarily of the same church? And uh, I thought a lot about that. I was very scared to to get into something like that. But I have several friends. I really feel that the Lord spoke to me through. Uh, I'm not much. Um, I don't say that lightly, and I, I'm more of a cynical person than that. But, but I, I have no doubt. One, you know, Tom Mitchell and uh, you one day when we were that where I had almost walked away from the relationship, and even a friend at work that's not even a member of the church gave me wisdom, and the Holy Spirit confirmed that. And I had absolutely no no fear whatsoever. I knew she would become a member, um, and I didn't want to push her or for her to do that because of me. The way the Spirit had prepared her through her life. I think before we met is amazing to me. I'm amazed every day, and it's like a debt you can never repay. I, I was at a point in my life religiously where I thought the gospel doesn't work for people anymore, that people just aren't interested. And I really, really needed to see a miracle, and the Lord was he was good enough to you know to allow me to be part of that. So That's awesome. That's awesome. Was there any, uh, anybody else besides Mike that played a, a key in your your conversion or and your baptism? Mike was the biggest one because he's the one that I like studied with the most. Like mm-hmm. we would read, like whenever we'd go on trips, we would uh, read the church history and stuff like that. And we read several books, but, um, anyone's you want to plug? <laughs> <laughs> I, I really think he's the biggest one because he's the one that I've had the most conversations mm-hmm. with when it comes to religion. We started out with uh, early history of the organization by Edmund Briggs, um, Call It Evening, Quiet mm-hmm. Miracle. She read those on her own. I think part of Bill Davies' book. Yeah. Um, and I can't remember the restoration story, I think. Price puts it out, but it's just a series of articles that goes yeah, through the history read of the church. The Book of Mormon and the Choir and uh, Master's Touch by Mildred Smith. Yeah, we read a lot of those on our trips. So. But she, she said, uh, you know. Jeff Anger, uh, Don Newman, uh, Tom Mitchell, um, Adam Gard, Todd Peterson, all, friends that that I hung out with. I remember her saying, you know, I can tell all these people really love you. And there's there's a, a love that comes from people from your church that I haven't, that I, she hasn't seen before. I saw a lot of a difference in friendships that he, that he had with his friends than what I had always seen in the groups of people that I was with. And it was like a lot stronger friendship, and it was like more of a friendship where people would actually do something for you and help you out if you were in need of something. Where mine, where the friendships that I had seen in the past, in the situations that I was in, was more kind of a "we're going to be your friend now because you fit in the situation that we're in." So it was more of like a, a comfort and a strength seeing like all you guys together. Love of the saints, I think, is a great testimony that there is still some difference in the world. Uh, you know, it's, it's interesting. We spend all of our time associating with, our, with others in our church, 
And uh, we, we do have friends who are outside the church, but every once in a while I think we lose sight of what we really have. And it's that's one of the things that's really uh, neat about hearing your perspective is that it reminds us of those things that are most valuable. Yeah, I agree. I think that you put really well, Aaron, because I think there's so often that we don't always value just how how powerful are, are the relationships we have in the Lord. It's, I mean, like there's a confirmation to the friendships and to the relationships that make it um, make it more powerful. I mean, it's you, you'd think. Hey, Kristen. Yes. I got to sit behind you this morning when you took your first sacrament. And I got to say, you did a nice job. You had good technique and everything. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I was I was very excited to be there for your for your baptism, also your first sacrament. I've got a question for you because I can think there might be a lot of people sitting at home or listening to this, thinking, you know, I want to be part of helping someone find the gospel. I want to be able to help reach out to people. I want to be able to share that uh, with those people that come and show up at our branch. Can you think of any any relationships, and I don't mean you have to call it names, but anything that the people have done at your home congregation that have made you feel welcome, that have helped you in that process? Um, I think the biggest thing is, is every Sunday there's at least two or three people, even five, that'll say hello to you, even if I don't, like, I can recognize their faces, I don't know the names, but there's always people that say hello to you, thanks for coming, it's good that you're here. Where when I was going to, when I started going back to church, right, when I first started talking to Mike, I started going to my mom's church. And she goes to one of those big churches. There's three or four different services that you can go to. And I would go, and it was like, I wonder if these people can name ten people. Do they know who they're sitting next to? And when I would go to church, um, and when I started going to church with Mike and going to Colburn, it's like everybody here knows everybody. And I just thought that was awesome. The fact that you all, everybody knows who they are. Like, Mike knows people from, I'm sure it's all the same for you guys too, knows people from so many different branches that no matter where you go, you know people there. And I just thought that, um, that, that was a really good point for me where people, you know, say hello, try to introduce themselves or it feels like they're generally happy that you're there. For the past seven months, I've been working, or actually nine months, I've been working weekends, every weekend at the, at the hospital. And so Kristen been going to church by herself. And it was always a joy to me to come home on Monday and ask her about the service. And, and she, you know, she said, well, you know, Roxanne talked to me and they asked me out to dinner. And, you know, someone had always said something to her or asked her how she was doing. And, and she kind of took that walk for the past nine months by herself. And a congregation really embraced her. That she was as shy as she is, that she was happy to go there by herself, just her and her son. It was a big step, but it felt really welcome. I know I, I, know I was very impressed with you, Kristen, the fact that, two or three months after you two got married, he takes a job where he's not going to be going to church at all. And mm-hmm. I remember I visited Colburn a couple times in there. And every time I'd go, I'd see you, you'd have Weston there mm-hmm. and you'd be there and enjoying the service. And Mike wasn't there, but it was really cool to see you so engaged already. Well, I remembered as a kid, like when my sister and I would go to church and my mom wouldn't go, I was always like, this is not how it's supposed to be. Families are supposed to go together. So that was the big thing for me is, I wanted to go as a family, so I was really happy when Mike was talking about coming off nights. But <laughs> <laughs> Because I think that a family needs to go to church together, and that children need to see their parents there together. So, Do you remember when it was that you decided, I want to get baptized? Do you remember what, what, what that was like, or just kind of, I mean... Um, I think for me, part of it was I knew a while ago that I was going to do it, but I'm kind of stubborn when it comes to certain things. And so I was 
going through things in my mind and I, I did like some, like I'd have some personal time when Mike was sleeping and before church just like thinking, am I just being stubborn about this? What is it that I need in order to go ahead and make, make this decision? And I think it was more stubbornness than it was anything else because I knew and like I would look through, there was one morning I was just sitting there looking through the scriptures and I found several and there just happened to be like several different times that I go to church and the scripture references happen to be towards baptism and stuff. So and yeah, Weston talked to you and Weston a couple times at church. There was one morning we were sitting there and he goes, mommy, all you do is you go down the stairs, you dip in the water, come out and that's all you do. And I'm like, how does this kid know this? <laughs> Cause when he was, he was probably just turned three. My 97 year old great grandfather decided he needed to be baptized. Wow. <laughs> so we went to church um, where they go and watched him get baptized. But that's the only time Weston has ever seen anybody get baptized. So I was like, how does he remember this? And then there was another day not long before I decided. He, he was sitting in my lap at church. And he goes, Mommy, has Daddy baptized you yet? And I was like, how does he know this? So it was kind of a, it was time to do it. Quit being stubborn. <laughs> Who performed your baptism? Mike did. Oh, okay. What was that like for you, Mike, to perform the, ba- the baptism for your wife? Um, well, that's the first baptism I've done in 14 years, I think. So it had been a long time since I'd baptized somebody. And um, kind of surreal. I, I tried to distance myself for a little bit because I wanted to be able to get the prayer out without getting emotional. <laughs> <laughs> the true uh, restoration for as I got into the water... It was, I saw in the corner of my eye someone had actually taped the prayer. And he saw the baptism, which almost gave me a chuckle. So, <laughs> so I was able to to get through it. But I, I thought about this earlier. That early on in my ministry, I would try to, sometimes you would do things and you think you were doing it to pay God back. Like you could ever pay him back. But, uh, you know, I'm doing a pretty good job and this is what I do. And uh, this has been so overwhelming that I'm at a point where I was so indebted to him that it's like, I just can't even, all I can do is, is do what what he's called us to do, and I'll never be able to pay him back um, as if I ever could. But it was just so overwhelming that I couldn't, you know, couldn't comprehend. To, to see uh, Kristen as she was when I met her, where she couldn't even talk to people about her emotions and things, and to watch her just slowly come along and, and make all these steps, it was, it was faster than I could have imagined. And to watch God heal her, and actually we went through quite a struggle this year with the court case we were involved where we were getting sued and and I at times would be so upset and, and she was so peaceful which when I met her she was so angry at the world and she had a peace all through it and I, I told her so you got something in your life that that has changed that you can't buy you know and it was quite a testimony that's awesome yeah. I have one question hey, okay. do you have any uh intrepidation yet or uh, maybe never but have you do you have any intrepidation about sharing your belief with others who don't share it. Have you had any negative incidents yet? Or uh, No, I have not. Um, but for me, it's still me trying to figure out how to express to other people. I think, especially, uh, especially at work, that people can see that there's a difference from like when I was a couple years ago till now, because like Mike said, I was very angry and I would do everything I could to put on a front to make everybody think I was happy and everything was good. But when I had all this anger inside and there's just been a progress where I have peace inside. And so I think that just by seeing people who knew me then and knew me now, you can see that there is a big difference, but 
it's just a matter of me getting comfortable with expressing things to other people, which I'm working on slowly. I think that's I think that's insightful. That will that is probably our best witness is seeing people seeing those differences in our lives. And I think so often we we focus on doctrine and and trying to convince the mind, and it's the heart that really. So I think that's very insightful. How has your how's your family responded? Coming from a Baptist family or. Um, actually, it's been great. Mike was on me for a long time. He's like, you need to tell your mom you're getting baptized. You need to have her come. You need to tell her. And I was still a little, if, you know, kind of nervous about telling her because I really still wasn't sure where she was at with um, with her acceptance and all of this. And so I told her, and she was able to come, and she was there. Her husband wasn't able to come, but my mom was actually able to be there. And afterwards, she told me, she said that it was a very nice service, that she enjoyed the preaching, she enjoyed the baptism, and she said that... Um, that she sees that I'm happier than I've ever been and that um, that I'm really at peace with everything, with the whole, with the religion and everything. So she's really excited about it. In fact, she sent me an email tonight telling me again how much she enjoyed the sermon. Awesome. That's cool. It was a, it was a really good sermon. I, was, mm-hmm. um, I, I remember thinking a couple times during that sermon, it's like this is just a, a perfect service all around. Who so, preached? Uh, Rich Roland. I think. Oh, okay. Rich. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, yeah, uh, I, what I can do is I can put in the show notes how to get a copy of it. That'd be great. Um, yeah, we can just have them talk to our deacons and they can get a copy of it if they want to. That'd be great. Um, anybody else have any more questions? We've gone quite a while and gotten a lot of good conversation. And David, you have anything? I think he's MIA. It looks like David's MIA. Um, would you mind, Kristen, if maybe like a year from now we have another conversation just to kind of see um, year one of your of your after your after your after your spiritual rebirth, how how, how things have gone? Sure, that's I, fine. I think it'd be kind of I think it'd be a kind of a fun conversation mm-hmm. um, a year from now, and so it's like the first hundred days. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> the first hundred sixty-five. So hopefully you've enjoyed this uh-huh. uh, broadcast today, and we uh, look forward uh, to any of your comments or questions, or if you have any stories about your own conversion, we'd love to hear those. Um, you could maybe share some of those on the air. Send us an email at Aaron or David or Jeff or John at zionbound.com. Until we are together at last in Zion, let us remain in Zion Bound. David? David? I know you can hear me. <laughs> I'm here. I'm here. We're just finished. Oh, no!